You're listening to Come Follow Me Weekly, a weekly podcast with thoughts and insights for the Come Follow Me lessons of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm your host, Heather Weber. Thanks for being here with me this week. The title of this week's lesson is A Mighty Change, and it covers Mosiah chapters 4 through 6. And I just wanted to start out this week saying thank you very much for all the kind words and comments that I received last week. I was blown away. (laughs) I was humbled and appreciative and motivated, and I just really appreciate it. And thank you so much. Things at my house have been going pretty good this week. One of my sons was able to find a job and an internship. My daughter was able to find another job. I still have one son looking for a job, but we have high hopes for that. So things are looking up. Things are going to get better. I can feel it coming. (laughs) It's been such a crazy year. It was January 2nd that we took my son down to BYU and his appendix ruptured and he struggled and struggled with issues from that until the very week that coronavirus started. He was just starting to get better and they shut down BYU and he came home. (laughs) So it's, it's just been a whirlwind. I don't know. 2020 has not been our year, but I feel like things are getting better and I really do feel peace about the future and I feel like things are going to be okay. The opening paragraph of this lesson says, Have you ever heard someone speak and felt inspired to change your life? Perhaps you decided, because of what you heard, to live a little differently, or even a lot differently. King Benjamin's sermon was that kind of sermon, and the truths he taught had that kind of effect on the people who heard them. King Benjamin shared with his people what an angel had taught him, that wonderful blessings were possible through the atoning blood of Christ. His message changed their entire view of themselves, changed their desires, and inspired them to covenant with God that they would always do His will. This is how King Benjamin's words affected his people. How will they affect you? And I love that because this sermon is one of the most powerful that you can find in all of the scriptures. King Benjamin's words are very motivating, and I think that one of the reasons for that is that he was speaking with the Spirit. He wasn't up there just talking about all of the things that just by himself he thought were important. And he wasn't doing it for himself and his own glory so that people would think he was a great king or a great speaker. His true motivation, like he said, was helping his people and fulfilling the things that he had been asked to do to the best of his ability. And I think there's a lot to learn in that from King Benjamin about how to be an effective leader and an effective teacher. In my first experience teaching adults at church, I always tried to follow this piece of advice that I once heard, and it's that you need to be a guide on the side, not a sage on the stage. (laughs) The Spirit is the true teacher, and I think that King Benjamin had that with him when he gave his sermon, and that's one of the main reasons why it's so effective. It's not just the words that he used, it's the Spirit behind them that touches our hearts and motivates us to change. This week's lesson talks a lot about change. And I think it's pretty awesome that we have these King Benjamin lessons right now when we do have the opportunity to slow down a little bit and maybe take a look at our lives and what's really important to us and maybe how we need to change. For me, I've tried to look at this whole situation as an opportunity to get my life more in line with what the Lord needs me to do and what he wants me to do. And last week when we talked about the natural man and how we need to be patient and humble and full of love... (laughs) I think that's some good advice right now. And I know that for me, every time I go to the grocery store, my goal is just to smile and be patient and be kind and not be grouchy. 
Sometimes that's hard, but I think if we try and look at our current trials as an opportunity instead of as a punishment or as a bad thing, we can really come out better and more committed in the end. The first section of this lesson talks about how we can receive and retain a remission of our sins. As King Benjamin was talking to his people, the things he said had a profound effect on them. The Holy Ghost was there and it touched their hearts. And in verses 6 and 7 of chapter 3, it says, I say unto you, if ye have come to a knowledge of the goodness of God and his matchless power and his wisdom and his patience and his longsuffering towards the children of men, and also the atonement which has been prepared from the foundation of the world, that thereby salvation might come to him that should put his trust in the Lord and should be diligent in keeping his commandments and continue in the faith even unto the end of his life, I mean the life of the mortal body. I say that this is the man who receiveth salvation through the atonement which was prepared from the foundation of the world for all mankind, which ever were since the fall of Adam, or who are, or who ever shall be, even unto the end of the world. So of course we receive a remission of our sins through the atonement of Jesus Christ, but how do we retain a remission of our sins? I love verses 9 and 10 where King Benjamin says, Believe in God, believe that he is, and that he created all things, both in heaven and in earth. Believe that he has all wisdom and all power, both in heaven and in earth. Believe that man doth not comprehend all the things which the Lord can comprehend. And again, believe that ye must repent of your sins and forsake them, and humble yourselves before God, and ask in sincerity of heart that he would forgive you. And now, if ye believe all these things, see that ye do them. So do you think that belief is enough to get us through to the end? King Benjamin tells us that if we believe these things, see that ye do them. And I think that belief is great. It's what gets us on the path. But at some point, we need to put our belief into action. And I think it's in the doing that we retain a remission of our sins. If you look up the footnote of the word do in verse 10, it takes you to 2 Nephi 31.19, which says, And now, my beloved brethren, after ye have gotten into this straight and narrow path, I would ask if all is done. Behold, I say unto you, Nay, for ye have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. And that reminded me of Elder Holland's talk from this last conference where he said, We have not come this far only to come this far. We need to remember to always keep trying and to not just be a member of the church on Sundays, but to actually live the gospel every day and consistently do those things that will allow us to have the Holy Ghost with us. The lesson references a talk by Elder Bednar, and he said this, The ordinance of the sacrament is a holy and repeated invitation to repent sincerely and to be renewed spiritually. The act of partaking of the sacrament in and of itself does not remit sins, but as we prepare conscientiously and participate in this holy ordinance with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, then the promise is that we may always have the Spirit of the Lord to be with us, and by the sanctifying power of the Holy Ghost as our constant companion, we can always retain a remission of our sins. I love how he said that we prepare and participate in the sacrament. Those are active words. We can just take the sacrament each week when we have the opportunity, or we can receive it. I think receiving the sacrament makes me think of my part in it. And I think that subtle shift in thinking could make a big difference in how we approach that ordinance and the meaning behind it. In verse 27 of chapter 4, King Benjamin says, 
and see that all these things are done in wisdom and order, for it is not requisite that a man should run faster than he has strength. And again, it is expedient that he should be diligent, that thereby he might win the prize. Therefore, all things must be done in order. I think it's sometimes so easy to get overwhelmed with all the things there are to do. And sometimes we get overwhelmed with all the things that other people are doing and all the things we need to change or the things we think we need to change about ourselves. But we have to remember that first of all, there are very few things in this life that are truly important and that we don't have to be perfect today. And as long as we are diligent and consistent at trying to be the best we can, not the best that Karen down the street can or Barb on Facebook can, but the best that we can, then I think we're doing just fine. In verse 30, King Benjamin gives us more advice and a warning. And he says, But this much I can tell you, that if ye do not watch yourselves and your thoughts and your words and your deeds and observe the commandments of God and continue in the faith of what ye have heard concerning the coming of our Lord, even unto the end of your lives, ye must perish. And now, O man, remember and perish not. I think that scripture is such great advice for the time that we're living in right now. Last week, King Benjamin told us how to be happy, and it was by keeping the commandments. And I think this scripture tells us that if we keep going, keep moving forward, and keep having faith and keeping the commandments of God, that we'll be okay in the end, and that we don't need to worry about things that are going on. We just need to keep on moving forward. In Mosiah chapter 5, it talks about how King Benjamin's people had a mighty change of heart. In the lesson, there's a quote by President Nelson where he says, We can change our behavior. Our very desires can change. True change, permanent change, can come only through the healing, cleansing, and enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of change. King Benjamin's people made a covenant where they took upon themselves the name of Christ. And in doing that, they were committing to change. In verse 12 of chapter 5, King Benjamin says, I say unto you, I would that ye should remember to retain the name written always in your hearts, that ye are not found on the left hand of God, but that ye hear and know the voice by which ye shall be called, and also the name by which he shall call you. I love that scripture, and I love the thought of having the name of Jesus Christ written in our hearts. I was reading a talk by Elder Renland, and he told a story about a time when he worked at a hospital, and occasionally he would have to work on Sundays. And usually his shift would get over in time for him to make it to church. But one particular Sunday, he realized that if he just stayed at the hospital for a few minutes longer, he would miss his opportunity to get to church with his family and that he could walk home alone and then take a nap. (laughs) So that's just what he did. And he said as he laid down and he tried to go to sleep, he just couldn't. He was really bothered by the fact that he had purposely missed church. And as he thought about why he was having that attitude, he realized that he'd become pretty casual with the spiritual things in his life. And he said, I got off the couch, got on my knees, and pleaded with God for forgiveness. I promised my Heavenly Father that I would change. The next day, I brought a Book of Mormon to the hospital. On my to-do list that day and every day since were two items, praying at least morning and evening and reading in the scriptures. Sometimes midnight would come, and I would have to quickly find a private place to pray. Some days, my scripture study was brief. I also promised Heavenly Father that I would always try to get to church, even if I missed part of the meeting. Over the course of a few weeks, the zeal returned and the fire of testimony burned fiercely again. 
I promise to never again fall into the spiritual death trap of being casual about these seemingly small actions and thereby jeopardizing things of an eternal nature, regardless of the circumstances. I love Elder Renlund's example of how to have a mighty change of heart. He could see that there was something in his life that needed to change, and he decided to do something about it. He made a commitment, and then he followed that up with some action. He made a plan, and he decided how he was going to fix those things, and then he went about every day trying to do those things that he'd committed to. And I think that's a perfect example of the pattern of change. Our Heavenly Father is there for us and our Savior is there for us every day. And they can help us as much as we let them. But in the end, we have our agency. And in the end, if we want to change, to truly change, we are the ones that have to do that. We have to make a commitment and be consistent with that commitment. And then eventually over time, we can see those small and simple things that we commit to do make huge changes in our lives. And for Elder Renland, because of those changes that he made in the end, he had the name of Christ written in his heart. He decided to change and then he acted on those feelings. He tried, he prepared, he participated, and he did the best he could and that changed everything for him. And like he said, it wasn't always easy, but he stuck to his commitment and did whatever he needed to do to make it happen. And I think we can do the same in the things that we might be struggling with. We need to believe, we need to have a desire to change, And then if we believe these things, we need to see that we do them, just like King Benjamin said. I think that living a successful life takes a lot of work, and sometimes changing the negative parts can be uncomfortable and not very fun. But in the end, it brings us the greatest blessings and the most happiness. King Benjamin left this statement with his people. He said, Therefore, I would that ye should be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in good works, that Christ, the Lord God omnipotent, may seal you his, that you may be brought to heaven, that ye may have everlasting salvation and eternal life through the wisdom and power and justice and mercy of him who created all things in heaven and in earth, who is God above all. Amen. I think we have a unique opportunity right now to grow and change in ways that maybe we couldn't or wouldn't otherwise. Our Heavenly Father knows what He's doing, (laughs) and if we ask Him what He needs us to learn from our current situation and then act on those feelings, I know that we can come out better people in the end. And those are just a few of the thoughts I've had about this week's lesson. This was a really introspective lesson and a good one to think about and to study this week. Don't forget that you can find me on Instagram at ComeFollowMeWeekly, or you can email me at cfmweekly at gmail.com. I hope you all have a great day and a wonderful week.